My number one job is to run this great company, to build this great company, to create a thousand millionaires, which is our mission through employee ownership. But I have to be able to create this brand around it that attracts the right kinds of employees. And that helps me get this message out there that there's a different way to lead a company. If anybody came to me and said, and lots of people do, say, I want to go do this, I say, let's figure out how to make it happen. I'm going to give you the secret sauce here. Learn how to be a great teammate. Be curious about the work. Be curious about the reason why we do things. And ask a lot of questions. And figure out how you fit into the culture and how the culture can fit to you. And then go prove yourself. This is the ProCo 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting ProCo 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. Today's episode is with Carrie Siggins, CEO of Stone Age in Durango, Colorado. And I, I had Carrie on ProCo 360 way long ago, and the title of the episode was Too Young, Wrong Sex, Stone Age Leadership. And Stone Age is a company that makes high power water blast equipment used for industrial cleaning purposes. I was intrigued because Stone Age is an employee owned company and because Carrie was just way back then starting to talk about her passion for leadership. Now though, Carrie is way past beginning to talk about leadership. She's written a book and she's on the speaker's tour. And I wanted to circle back to really explore the idea of having what seems to me a personal career and still being CEO, sort of this dual identity. Carrie, I keep reaching out to you about this and I really am glad we're not going to be dancing around it either, are we? Welcome back to Proco 360. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be here. You know, that podcast was my very first podcast ever. So I appreciate you being brave enough uh, to bring me onto your show <laughs> when I had no experience. <laughs> you know, I was listening back to that today and actually you did a really great job. And some of the things I want to talk about today, I want to get into, I mean, we even talked about back then, it was more than three years ago, almost four years ago. And I, and yet some of the questions are going to be the same. So I'm going to be really interested in how you're balancing this dual life that I call it. So, but first, give us a background about Stone Age. Yeah. So we manufacture industrial cleaning equipment, high pressure, high powered squirt guns on steroids is basically what we make. Yeah. Um, but we're moving more, uh, more towards robotic systems, computerized systems. So now I'm saying they're high tech squirt guns on steroids. So we're in this great transition from a traditional manufacturing company to a technology company as we're looking at connected products that produce data, IoT, Internet of Things uh, solutions, and building out software, a software solution. So we've gone through quite a transformation since we last talked, but we serve industrial markets and help the world stay clean. Why the tech built into it? Why can't you just spray this stuff clean? Yeah, well, but you're cleaning the assets that they're making money with. And so what they're realizing is the cleaner I get it, the, the better. The faster I get it clean, the better. What kind of information can I get about what's going on inside of those assets if I had data? And so our products are collecting all of that information. So it gives um, these facility owners and the contractors cleaning it more data about what's going on inside their production equipment. So it's really incredibly important information and it's something that they really haven't had before. So yeah. you know, we're partnering to figure out what the future looks like with this type of data. 
That's cool. Now, yeah. talk about your various roles because you've got a bunch. You're CEO of Stone Age. Okay. You're also CEO of a Stone Age owned company called Breadware, and that's doing some of the tech you just talked about. You're also a speaker, author, podcaster. So give us the quick overview of the different roles of your life. So first and foremost, I'm a mom. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite job. <laughs> I have a 10-year-old son named Jack. Uh, who's the light of my life. And and uh, I'm so glad I have him because he keeps me grounded, um, although he drives me insane sometimes. Uh-huh. So that's my most important job is raising the future generations, right? We have so many tough challenges to solve on this planet and our future generations are going to be the ones who continue to help us figure out how to live better lives, ideally. So that's the job I take most seriously. Then I have all of the work that I do. Now, I love to work and people ask me all the time, how do you do so much? I am driven to work. I love to work. It's what brings me passion. So my CEO role at Stone Age is my number one job. And everything that I do outside of that really still points back to being a great CEO, being a great leader of a company, being a great leader of a company that cares about community, that cares about the planet, that cares about making an impact um, in the world. So my number one job is to run this great company, to build this great company, to create a thousand millionaires, which is our our mission through employee ownership. Uh, but I have to be able to create this brand around it that attracts the right kinds of employees. And that helps me get this message out there that there's a different way to lead a company. And that's what I'm most passionate about. So all the other things I do still point back to this deep passion I have for leadership. That's cool. I'm going to press on that a little bit in just a minute. But one of the questions I have, and we've seen, you know, People more famous than you and I do these kinds of things. Elon Musk is CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and is a key leader at SolarCity and X. And, you know, and I'm sure there's missing, I'm missing companies, but does being CEO of more than one company or maybe focusing on more than one thing as you do change the job of being a CEO? I mean, we know CEOs who work, you know, 80 hours a week being just CEO of one company. So does that mean their role is different then you're making your role. Absolutely. I think every CEO role is different. Every company is different. The What's required from that role is different. And that all depends on the t- types of team that you have around you. But I'm really in this fortunate position that I can create this role because we're employee-owned company. Like We believe in helping people achieve their dreams and helping people to be able to create meaning and purpose in their in their roles, which means that You have to work in, yes, these are the day-to-day, the tasks that have to get done, but how do you build these dreams? How do you build your dreams into it so that you live this really fulfilling life? So yes, my CEO role looks different than any other CEO role out there, just as their roles look different because we all have different challenges. We all have different goals. We all have different teams. And so no one CEO job is going to to look the same. So yes, I would say it's very different than what a lot of my peers are like. So here's what I'm going to push on. I'm going to push on a bunch of things, but you know, the idea that you want to exemplify focus when you've got your employee owners and you want everybody, you know, focused on getting, doing a great job and you're focused on being CEO, not all the time. So how do you balance that? Well, so my belief is that the number one job of a leader is to unleash the power of their team to help people be their very best. 
when you know where you're going, you have your clear vision, you have a clear strategy, and you are building that team to be able to do that. When you are developing your leadership skills to be able to unleash the power of people, you drive results, you build this great company. So all of this work that I have done around studying leadership, understanding leadership, building cultures, and being able to make this big impact that goes beyond Stone Age absolutely has helped me define and refine how I help people become the very best versions of themselves. How do I turn managers into leaders? How do I help individual contributors understand that they are leaders even if they don't have a leadership title? And so I've just seeped myself around this whole concept of studying leadership very deeply and becoming an expert um, in my own way. And it makes me a better leader to my company. So it's a great question. But yeah. I just see it as it's an extension of, of what I do and what I believe mm. about how to help people be their very best. Yeah. Now, I'm not done with that. But first, I want to remind listeners, this is Proco 360, named Best Colorado Business Podcast in 2021, 2022, and again this year, 2023. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Carrie Siggins of Stone Age in Durango. Hey, thanks to our sponsors, Kinsley Meetings. Steve Kinsley and Kinsley Meetings have been Proco 360's longest running sponsor. I really appreciate them. And by the way, if you need help running meetings that are very difficult, lots of moving parts, you should call Kinsley Meetings. Also, my friends at Via Technologies, they host Proco 360 and all the great help their team gives me keeps the website going. It's pretty data heavy. And finally, Colorado Biz Magazine, our partnership is one of building our audiences together. So go to Proco360.com and check out these sponsors. Hey, Carrie, back to your this notion of focus, because I'm not done with it. It just sticks with me a little bit. The idea, I mean, there's even a verse that goes back to the Bible, by the way, I'm not a biblical scholar, but this line that says, no one can serve two masters. Either he or she will hate one and love the other, or she will be devoted to one and despise the other. So I don't want to go biblical here, but I do want to unpack the idea. Like if you're an author and you're a speaker and you're a CEO, like, is one of those things like something you love and the other one, you know, like you just have to do or is one a means to the, like, where, how do you unpack that? So to me, you know, I mean, it's just because of the way I look at it, right? And how I tie it yeah. all together to me. So my gift is a way with words and I lead through inspiration, through clarity, through whether that's written, whether that's speaking. And so for me to be my very best, I have to be creative with the way that I use words to move people, that's what makes me unique. And that's my leadership style. It's what it's always been like at, at, at from the very beginning is being able to inspire people to action through words. Hmm. And so I'm just tying all my gifts together ah, to be able yeah. to be the, the, this, this purposeful leader who models finding meaning in life and meaning in work. And so that's how it's all tied together for me. And so I've always wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book long before I wanted to be a CEO. Um, I've been speaking for long before I was a CEO. Mm. So to me, it's just tying these things together to be able to bring my gift to make an impact to the world, to do something that's really meaningful in life and to help people. So yeah. I can do that to build a company and yeah. to build this whole kind of platform around what we're doing, speaking and writing. Does it ever cause confusion, do you think, among uh, your employee owners? Absolutely. Sure. 
Okay. So talk about that. Yeah. So last year I had somebody who said, you know, are you doing this because you want to leave Stone Age? And I was like, no, I'm doing this because I want to stay in Stone Age forever. <laughs> but certainly I can see where it causes confusion. And then that's why we just have to talk about it. But here's what we talk about at Stone Age. We talk about living your dreams, right? That work is a means to be able to live your dreams. And when people say, "Eh, well, I got to work. And then I have this whole other life that I'm trying to achieve. There's this disconnect. What if we can help people live their dreams? Because no one's ever like, oh, you know, I want to be, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, title, And that's my passion and my dream for the rest of my life, right? It's, I want to go do these things. I want to have these adventures. I want to achieve something that's really big. And so for me, writing a book, that's something that I wanted to achieve since I was a little girl. Why does it have to be separate than my work? It doesn't. If you have a company that understands that you're going to get the very best out of people, you're going to help them be their very best. If you say, I support that goal, I support that dream. How do I make that happen for you? I mean, people have left Stone Age to go start companies. I cheer them on. I support. How can I help you? You know, does it make sense for to invest? Does it make sense to be a customer? How do we help you live your dreams? And I think that is what makes it a great place to work. And that's what we look at things as this whole thing. Like you only get work here and then you have the rest of your life. Yeah. What if you do it differently? And so I'm trying to model what you do, how you do it differently. And every single one of my employees has access to be able to do that same thing. If anybody came to me and said, and lots of people do say, I want to go do this. I say, let's figure out how to make it happen. That's cool. Now, when you think of Stone Age, you know, the company for which you're now CEO, but you weren't the obvious choice back when they chose you at 28 years old and you were just trying to find your way. I want to ask you about some of that leadership journey. First of all, when you jumped into that role, and you didn't know what you were doing. I know you made some mistakes. I was listening to that last, the first podcast we did together, and you relived some of those mistakes. But what aspects of leadership came most easily to you? I think curiosity. I am genuinely interested in people. And it's what helped me be successful, especially in those early days. Because when you're 28 and you come in to run a company, when you know nothing about the industry and you know relatively little experience, you can't BS your way through it. And so I just asked a lot of questions and people's opinions on things. What do you think we should do? How would you fix this? You know, tell me about why this is a problem. Who, you know, who has played a role in it? What can we do to fix it? And that curiosity has, um, I think, done me really well because it allows me to get to the root of the problem. It helps me understand people better, connect with people better. And it helps me help them solve their problems rather than me having to come in and do it. So I think curiosity is a big one. So how do you use curiosity? How do you ask a lot of questions as a new CEO who's 20 years old without feeling like, boy, people think I don't know anything? Well, I had to get over that. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I didn't. (laughs) But that is a great question, Dave, because so many times people think I was hired for a reason and I need to come in and prove myself. And so often it's the wrong approach to take. So often people miss out on a great onboarding experience and really learning if they just stop to say, instead of me teaching somebody something, what if I just learned? So I tell every new employee who I meet with that comes into the company, 
you can come in and you can prove yourself and you can say, I'm hired for a reason, but mm. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to give you the secret sauce here. Learn how to be a great teammate. Be curious about the work. Be curious about the reason why we do things and ask a lot of questions and figure out how you fit into the culture and how the culture can fit to you and then go prove yourself. You're going to be so much more successful and mm. quite honestly, so much happier. And I learned that because I had to put my ego away and say, I don't know. I can't come in here and tell these people who've been doing this a lot longer than me that I know how to do it better. Really appreciate those thoughts. Now, there's also something in between before my next question, which is the aspects of leadership that you learned best by actually doing them, that you probably made mistakes. Sometimes you probably did things right sometimes, but you had experienced this aspect of leadership to actually learn it. Yeah. So a big one was, I share this all the time because I love ambidextrous thinking. How do you hold opposing viewpoints in your mind? How do you hold multiple truths in your mind? And so I really had to learn how to be an ambidextrous leader, but I didn't understand what that meant. And a lot of times I would try, especially as we've been pivoting and, and really changing as a company, I would try to fit the old model, the old way of doing things into a new model, into a new business model, into new innovation. And I didn't have the experience to understand that a lot of that times that doesn't work, that you have to be able to challenge yourself to get out of this is the way we've always done it, or this is how we've always been successful. This is how we've always been profitable. So if we're going to go do this new endeavor, it has to fit this profitability model. It has to fit within our model. And I made a lot of mistakes around that until I learned about ambidextrous thinking, which is, you know, how do you exploit the business, your current business? How do you get costs down and, and really continue to grow the core, but still explore these new ideas that might not fit into the core business way of looking at things. And that's been a really powerful tool for me, not just in thinking about business models, but in so many things. Like, how am I going to break my old way of thinking to really unlock the potential of a new idea? You know, for listeners, in case, I mean, you'll hear this before uh, Carrie and I get together again, but we're going to do a live audience launch of her book. And I, that's something I want to talk about more with you when we do that. Yeah. So next question, last one around this leadership idea, and that is, well, this leadership idea, that sounded dumb. So, but, but along this train of thought, so, you know, you're an expert in leadership, you speak on leadership, and yet, you know, none of us are perfect at leadership. So what is an aspect that even as you teach it, you're still trying really hard to get better at? Uh, I think two things. One, it's really hard to not see the world through your own lens. Yeah, it's impossible. And so when I'm moving fast or I'm feeling passionate about something, I can fall into the trap of assuming that people see it the same way I do, or they understand it at the same level that I understand it at. And so I really have to slow down and one, make sure that I'm being really clear and articulating the vision and why we're doing something. And then stop and say, not everybody sees it through my same lens and my lens might not be right. And boy, wouldn't I like to know if I'm not right? So slow down and ask questions and really try to put yourself in other people's shoes, look at it from different perspectives. And that's hard to do because it's hard to look at the world through anything but your own lens. So yeah. that's something I'm always, always, always going to have to work on. Yeah, especially when you're busy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
So hey, I want to ask you about what makes your leadership approach and your leadership ideas different. Just a second. I'm going to remind listeners, this is Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Carrie Siggins of Stone Age and also of carriesiggins.com. So, hey, go to Proco360 to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. All right, so my question for you is there have to be, I don't know, I didn't do a count. I didn't even bother doing a search. There gotta be 10,000 books on leadership. So when you think about yours, I always think about niche or approach or whatever, like a Venn diagram, you know? So for you, maybe there's employee owned is one of the loops. Maybe woman led is another loop, maybe leadership mindset is, but I mean, where is the intersection that makes your book special? You know, what makes people connect, what makes people say, I want to read that book, or I love that book is the unique stories that people bring. And so I think that I have a very unique way of telling stories. I am the most transparent, honest person like you will ever get. I keep it real and I'm not afraid to, you know, bear my soul and say, this is how I really screwed up and this is what I learned from. And so I think that it's the story. It's the way that I put the stories together, the way that I look at leadership as my number one job is to unleash the power of people and tie that into how that drives results uh, and how that builds a company. It's just a different way of looking at it. But there's lots of leadership. There's amazing leadership books out there. And there are lots of different leaders out there doing really inspiring things. But yeah. why we care about them is because of their stories. And so my story is what makes mine unique. And I have a pretty wild story of how I got here. And it's also shaped why I view the way the world the way I do, um, because I came from a very, very dark place as I entered this leadership journey. And it absolutely shaped how I wanted to lead myself and how I wanted to lead others. Mm. And I share that in the book. You know, when I, I can't get away from this, maybe you're just a more secure person. You must be a more secure person than I am. But I think if I wrote a leadership book and I spoke nationally about leadership, I'd just be freaked out walking around in my business, having people look at me as like, I think I'm an expert in this, but yet not being perfect. I would just be on, I'd be on edge. Sure. How do you prevent that? How do you prevent feeling that way? You do. I do. I mean, there's things that I write about and I'm like, God, I, I, I got to do better at that, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not living up to that right <laughs> now, but that's okay. Like that's what leadership is. It's about being humble enough to know that you're not going to get it right. And organizations are living, evolving creatures <laughs> and you have to evolve too. And sometimes that evolution is ugly. Some things you don't do it right. Sometimes like, it's like, you know what? I say this is what we're going to do, but dang it we're not doing a good job at it. And so I like it because it holds me accountable to trying to mm -hmm. live up to the aspiration, the vision that I have for this company and for myself. And knowing that it's okay if we fall short, we all do, right? We are all human beings who are trying to do the very best we can with what we have. And so if I screw up, I say I screw up. If I say, you know what? I'm not holding up to this standard that, you know, we are, we have said, this is the goal, then I'm going to own it and we're going to fix it. I, I'm looking forward to the day. I'm looking forward to the day. And you telling me about it. When one of your employee owners comes up to you, says, Carrie, page 56, yeah. you were going to do this. And like, I don't see it. 
Yeah, I can't wait for it too. And it will happen. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I'm like, I'm just be thank you for holding me accountable and giving me that feedback. And you're right. We're falling short right there. That's something that we can get better at again. So yeah, I'm not afraid of that. To me, that's the whole point of this. Like, you know, I'm in a partnership with my employees. Like we're out here with a big mission to change the world. And we've got to do it together. And so you know, we're going to all ebb and flow in how we show up and how we perform. We have all kinds of crazy stuff going on in life and and the world around us that have this impact. So we lead with care and compassion, but we hold each other accountable and we take personal responsibility for how we show up. There's so much grace when something gives, when something slides. And that's the kind of organization that I want to create, that my employees feel safe enough to come up and say that to me and that I'm secure enough to say, you're right and let's go fix it. I think that's a good note to end on. So let's do that. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Carrie Siggins of Stone Age Water Blast Tools from Durango and of kerrysiggins.com. What a fun conversation. It's so good to hook back with you on this. It's been great. Thank you. I'm going to go back and listen to the first one too, right after I listen to this one so I can go, you know, gosh, what practice does to make things uh, better. <laughs> no, you know, some of your messaging is actually quite consistent and I think also really wonderfully developed. So I think you'll enjoy that. And I encourage listeners to do both. And listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Please do that now. Thanks again to show sponsors via Technologies, Kinsley Meetings, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's the show, Live, Work, Love Colorado. Colorado.